Charlie, the Bulldogs have got two flags now. I hate you. If you think we'll be insightful, clever or just well researched, we're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one car. It is Tuesday. This, uh, oh, fuck. Oh, no. no. It's got the yips. I've got the yips. Tuesday, the 16th of May. Uh, welcome to Choo Choo. Oh, no. Matt. Once I stumble. You, what you've done is you've kicked no. the man on the mark, you've played on, you've got the ball, and you've just been tackled in front of goal. Oh, no. You just, oh, fuck. I've well, lost all confidence. That's <laughs> me gone for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> This is Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name's Will Anderson. And I'm Charlie Clawson. Ah, I've had such a good run, too. I've, I've Joe Danaher'd it. I'm really good, you know, when I'm outside 50, but, like, you know, yeah. get me inside the arc and I've still got some yips. Well, we had a long lead up to this because we were about to record and then you had a washing machine delivered, so we took a little constitutional. So you probably got in your own head. You're yeah. probably ready to go. So in case anybody's interested, obviously, uh, you know, read the talk on the podcast. I've d- decided to get myself an industrial grade washing machine. <laughs> much like from Moorabbin. You got it from Seaford because they're from going back to Moorabbin. from Seaford. They're going to get some new washing machines. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know what? I've always wanted to be able to wash like uh, 40 pairs of socks <laughs> at the same time. So I'm going to get myself an industrial washing machine. And the guys uh, came and they uh, delivered it and they installed it and they took away the old uh, washing machine. Yeah. And, um, okay, well, firstly, I've upgraded mm. my washing machine, I will say that. And so the, the guys who came, they were actually from the company that that makes my new washing machine rather than just like from the company that the shop you buy it in, which is normally what I get delivered. And they were a bit judgmental of my old one. I could tell. Oh, really? Were, I could tell they were looking down at the nose of the oh, one no. that replaced. Like I was really trading up to a new model. <laughs> Like, I mean, at the end, he handed me like eight pieces of paper, warranties and instruction books and stuff. And I don't know if we know if we even got an instruction book for the last <laughs> one. So, uh, and the second thing was, he goes, um, would you like to clean? So he, they've taken out the old washing machine. And then he says to me, uh, would you like to go and clean out the area behind it so we can put in the new one? And I looked at it. And firstly, I was like, no, I don't really want to clean. Yeah. Like, you're just putting another washing machine in there. I'm yeah. never going to see it. Whatever's there. We had painters in recently. It can't be that dirty. And then I've looked at it, and it really wasn't that dirty. Right. And I was like, you and your fucking fancy washing yeah. machine. <laughs> it was beneath them. It was beneath this new washing machine. We're slumming it. They, li- you see them, like, whispering an apology to the washing machine as they put it in. It's literally a thing I'm going to put my dirty laundry in. Yeah. Yet, yet it has higher standards <laughs> than the floor that I was giving it, apparently. So, yes, we've had a couple of false starts, and in between this, we'll have to have a pause as well. So, I've got some other people coming. It's one of those days, but yep. that's okay. We're getting uh, the podcast done. We're trying to get it done early in the week so it can take the two and a half days that it needs <laughs> to upload to upload to the internet and get out before the weekend's games. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we had we've only had one misstep this year, and that was you know because we had a a guest on and required technical support that you and I are not capable of, and even our very capable producer Mike Howe was stumped. For days. Yeah. But I think if we keep it simple, if it's just OG two guys, one cup, going all back a year, <laughs> it should be fine, right? I mean, getting. Let's not yeah. overcomplicate it. Well, we tried. Yeah. Remember, guys, when we tried. That yeah. one week where we tried to do something different and yeah. it failed dismally and we never tried. It's like again. when North brought the elephant 
down to uh, Arden Street. Now it's like, you know, we can trick it up a bit. We tried to trick it up. A meat was our elephant. <laughs> oh, I mean, I guess a meat was our Frio first two rounds. Yes, exactly. And then we were just like, you know what? We're, we're just going to have to, we're going to have to go in a different direction, mate. I'm sorry. This is not working. I was thinking about Frio yesterday because I remember when we did our preview round and we, t- we I think we both put them just outside the eight. What, what a long time ago it seems like. But you were very down on Frio because I was thinking that, oh, they could do a big leap. And I, you managed to talk me into thinking they're worse than they are. The first two rounds, I was like, oh, Will's nailed it. Firstly, I should I, I want to say this to you. Please stop letting me talk you into things. Yeah. There is no good... I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, that's what I've learned. Certainly don't let me convince you. Here's what I've learned doing this podcast. Is I had always assumed you knew more about football than me. For some reason, I had just given you that status. You should not have. But I, as, I, did not, I did not demand it of you. Like, we now have a listener who's putting together our tips each week just yeah. so people can follow along. And, I, and I'm leading. And I, that actually surprised me because I just assumed... I, I'm typical St Kilda supporter, low self-esteem. We don't win games. I don't know anything about football. This but, is not much of a dynamic for a podcast because I still have low self-esteem. <laughs> Despite what happened last year, I still have Bulldogs low self-esteem. And I agree with you. I don't want to be like someone who... Here's, okay, here's the one thing I would put forward is... I think in this season more than the other season, doing well in your tips might not be indicative of your knowledge about traditional football. Yeah. Because this season is such a fucking lottery. Yeah. Like, it's really one of those things where now you're looking at Sydney at like two and six or whatever they are and going, they can make yeah, a run. They can make it. Yeah. They can get Fourth into the eight on. with the eight and a half wins you'll need <laughs> when 25 teams in this competition get eight and a half wins. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Well, what is it? They say it's one game separating first or ninth. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. Is that a record? must be. I that mean, it's I, that open. I can't remember a closer season than this. Well, it's the kind of season where anyone can beat anyone. Like, even Brisbane, you know, you kind of... They almost beat you guys. I mean, maybe they're running out of puff now because they're young. But there's going to be heaps more upsets, it feels like, this year. Like, no one can get too comfortable. They're about the only team... We, we had Adelaide installed as the Premiers, like, three weeks ago. I didn't think Adelaide would lose another game. What do you think I know anything <laughs> about football? <laughs> They didn't look like they would. It'd be interesting to go back to those preseason tips because, like, for, so for example, in preseason, I was, I, I was, your version of uh, West Coast. I was like, this is it for Geelong. This is the year that it all goes wrong mm. for Geelong. And then for the first like five rounds, I was like, well, clearly I know nothing about football. I thought yeah. Hawthorne would be in the eight, and Geelong wouldn't be. But now you're like, yeah, this is kind of what I thought Geelong would be like. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's, it's sort of throw a dart. I mean, I've always get frustrated with football coverage that, you know, I always talk about that thing of, you know, after round two, they're bringing out stats about you can't make finals, blah, blah, blah. But I think that I feel like football as a culture and as a, as a community and stuff is so goddamn like wishy-washy. Like, it feels like a, a team can win one game and somehow that has made a statement for the rest of the year and, you know, now they're going to win, like, 20 games. I'm talking about Collingwood. And then they'll, like, lose well, again. that's what I love about the result on the weekend for Collingwood. Not that I particularly love the result for Collingwood because, I mean, they... Well, we'll get to it later. But it was one of those games where the poor media didn't know which story to write because they couldn't write... If they'd won... They could have written the Nathan Buckley's back, you know, backs against the wall, you know, yeah, this is this is when they always win. They're doing it for the coach. You know, this is a great win in Collingwood's history, you know, mm. blah, 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 blah. And if they'd lost by heaps, they know what story they were going to write, which is it's all over for Bucks and yeah. he can't coach and will he see out the year and Eddie Maguire's got to retire and they've got to kill Joffa and <laughs> bury him at the crossroads. Hang on, sorry, what was, like, that, what, what, what was that last bit? <laughs> 
you got to kill Joffa. Hang on, hang on. him at the crossroads. Well, no, the, the Eddie Maguire and... Uh, uh, Buckley's got to go, Maguire's got to go, and we're going to kill Joffa and <laughs> bury him at the crossroads. All right. <laughs> okay. I'll sign off on it. <laughs> we're going to cut off one of Tony Shaw's legs. <laughs> one. Just one. His choice. Uh... Yeah, it it wasn't as there wasn't as many upsets this round, but there was a couple of significant ones. I mean, the, the Adelaide one is clearly not. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Did you? No, no. And and I mean, even in that game, like I checked the scores about halfway through the second quarter and went, okay, well, yeah, Adelaide are going to win this by heaps. Yeah, and then like you know, cut, well, sorry, uh, the Demons put on like ninety points to. 15 or something from yeah. there onwards or something. Yeah, really well, Melbourne looked like one of those teams, almost like a Geelong, which when they're playing really well on their terms, when they've got the football in their hands, they look awesome. Like, just so much talent. Like, Petraka is just, you know, it just warms my heart to see how well he's playing, what a superstar he is. Every St Kilda fan loves to see Petraka do well. He should go and play for the West Coast Eagles, so just they have the headline of flat Petraka <laughs> All right, let's talk about the first game, which was Bulldogs-West oh, yeah, Coast. Okay. You yeah. were over in Perth for that. I was. You had some concerns going over that for my safety. no matter what the result was going to be, you were going to cop it. This was actually a pretty good result for me in terms of my weekend. Right, okay. Which was that like the Eagles didn't really get men- much in the way of bragging rights so that people could kind of tease me. But at the same time... <laughs> tease you? <laughs> I don't like to be teased, Charlie. <laughs> I love that a 42-year-old man has to worry about being teased. I mean, firstly, I'm 43. Thank All you. Right. No, thank you. I, I can definitely off. play 42. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I, it's my workplace, Charlie. I don't want to be teased in my workplace. <laughs> so um, I, I will say, teased. so I, I went to the game early. Yeah. The game was on the exact same time as my show uh, down the road, but I... Went and did an interview on Triple M in uh, Perth. I saw that. I saw the photo of you and the committee was there. So yeah. is he still commentating on radio? He just does local Triple M games. Ah, he only does. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't travel anymore. How is he? Just well. Firstly, one of the all-time greats. All-time greats. Like, uh, and he he does the show with his son, who does not look like him at all, but really does sound like him. Like it'd be one of those things where. Like Julian I, Lennon sounds like John Lennon. Yeah, yeah. it'd be one of those things where Cometti, when he first would have seen pictures of his son, would have looked at his wife like, "Do I have to get some DNA tests?" <laughs> and then the baby would have cried for the first time, yeah. and he would have gone, "Wow, <laughs> wow, <laughs> I want my bottle." <laughs> so I we can have a tete a tete after I have a bit of tete tete. <laughs> Oh, now I've got all I've got in the image is, in my head is of Kometi commentating the birth. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was great to and see And I say, oh, side. baby, here comes the baby. Uh, the great man. Uh, nice to sit beside him and have a conversation with him, of course. And I I didn't miss the opportunity. Well, firstly, uh, so, uh, the other people who do that, there's a local journalist, footy journalist who does the show as well. And then there's uh, uh, Andrew Embley. Oh, yeah. Uh, Embers. Uh, From 2005 era? Well, the, no. the, around the era. That era. That okay. era. From yeah. that era. Yeah. And so um, my... The tour- Narcos era. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. He's there going- was more Peruvian marching powder over there than all of Bogota. <laughs> he got the job by not the, being the one available who wasn't in prison. <laughs> 
So <laughs> it's really brought up a lot of opportunities for Andrew Embley in that market. He goes, I wasn't the best player, but I'm available. <laughs> I'm not in prison. That's what it says on his prison card. West, former West Coast Eagles player. In brackets, not in prison. So would Andrew Embley count as a personality? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Embers. Um, oh, Embers. Embers. <laughs> and he, he, he was a really nice guy. Uh, so he came to meet me. Uh, but I was, with, I was there with my tour manager and my like uh, comedy producer. And she's a dyed-in-the-wool pie supporter. Uh, pie supporter. Yeah. A hardcore Collingwood yeah. support. Yeah, not a fan of Nathan Buckley's, as I recall. No. <laughs> and she uh, also, it turns out, not a fan of Andrew Embley's. Oh, because why? Because Andrew Embley knocked out Nick's, Nick Maxwell in some <laughs> game like, <laughs> years ago. Like, I love years it. Years ago. And so she's walked with me to the venue, and then uh, Embers has picked me up to take me into the commentary box, and he's met her. And then as we're walking up, like, because we took all the stairs. I don't really know why. Like, but we took five set of stairs right up to the top of the commentary box. And um, on the way up. So we, it was it was really funny, actually. It looked like um, like the opening scenes of a Tonight Show. Because as I walked up the, st- uh, the stairs with Embers, we would just constantly run into, like, various, like, you know, celebrities or, like, faux celebrities. Like, per celebrities. Personalities. Like, like Tre- Trevor Nisbet. And, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like... Um, uh, what was his Carl name? Carl Langford. Uh, Brett Eddy. Do you remember <laughs> Brett Eddy with the massive Brett, ears? Brett Hetty. Hetty. Yeah, 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 Brett Hetty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to call him Jobby, I believe. Yes. <laughs> so, I saw him. IRL. And so He looks like a premiership cup, doesn't he? Yeah, he really does. Uh, and he was wearing an ill-fitting suit, but I think because he's got himself in uh, good shape of late. Right. It, fe- it felt like the look of a man who's yeah, probably dropped a couple of... Been riding a Tony Lockett or style. Like that. Yeah, that's right. But hasn't really gone to the tailor to get a new suit. No. That was a look. So, yeah, no, it was fun. But I got to uh, sit next to Dennis and um, uh, bring up uh, what we had talked about on the show last week, which was, had he heard about the Elton Jong <laughs> moment? And, uh, you know, how you know, it was that sort of the moment where, you know, we wished he was back in the game. Yeah. And uh, th- it, on air... I will say he was nothing for a professional, but we also discussed it off air. And it's fair to say he thought the commentators had missed an opportunity. Oh, really? <laughs> he wasn't going to. It wasn't. So he wasn't going to slander anyone. He wasn't going to burn him on air, yeah. but a little off air, like yeah. he didn't burn oh, anyone. Yeah. That we could tell this just this look in his eye of going, guys, come well, on. Well, that's not like you know, like uh, yeah, Gary and George must be looking at the Master Chefs when they get the mystery box, and they're going, yeah, that's good, but I'd make something much better than that. <laughs> That was the kind of feeling. Um, and so that was before the game. That was before the game. Okay, so you, and then you went to, and to do your show. So, so, But what it did mean was I walked through, because uh, what happens for those Subiaco games... And you weren't wearing any paraphernalia or anything. You weren't that silly. No. No, no scarf no, no, or... No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. But I also didn't have like a hat or anything on because I was in my show clothes because I had to go straight down. <laughs> Which is, uh, as I recall, it's a diamante, white diamante suit. Um, with lasers. Is that what we're called? Oh, and the leather, white leather cowboy hat. I mean, I was in my show clothes. I do the entire <laughs> show dressed as the Bulldogs mascot. So I guess in that regard, I might have been a little... <laughs> I do the entire show Just like Sid. dressed as Marcus Bontempelli. <laughs> so I guess maybe that. Um, so You could be... I, I posted that photo on Twitter. You did a chat with Bont for the uh, Bulldogs channel or something. And there's a shot of you guys side by side where you're both squinting at the same time. And he looks like 
I mean, I've seen photos of you at his age, and you did have long, kind of wavy hair like he's got now. Like, you could have wore a headband. Did you wear a headband? I no. bet you did wear it. Bullshit. In the no. late 90s? No. I you never wore a did. woman's headband? Oh, I totally no. see you wearing a headband. That's I mean, I, I think it was that... a missed opportunity. Don't get me wrong. But you guys look like you could be related. There's this very similar profile. Big proboscis, low brow. I think that, I think that if, if we have to cast, if we have to cast the James Heard film with Scott Dooley, as we've discussed before, playing James Heard, I think it would be good to have a sequence which flashes forward, say, you know, 20 years from now. Where, to, uh, where Marcus Bontempelli's like CEO or... No, no. I was going <laughs> to say... like me. No, Marcus Bontempelli's moved in to be like CEO of the AFL or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you could play him. Oh, that'd be good. I'd, I'd love to play an older Marcus Bontempelli. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I like that. And they could account for your hips as well because it's oh, in yeah, the future. So, destroyed. Yeah, totally. Yeah, by the weight of holding his three brown loads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or maybe if they just want to do one of those booper ads, imagine if yes. you get a better version of yourself. Yeah. And they could cast us in like Footscray. Like, so the Bulldogs get a booper. Booper decide to become like sponsors down at the Bulldogs and they want to do like a take on like one of those ads. So I could play like the rundown yeah. version of Marcus Bontempelli. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you could do like a night before Christmas kind of thing where he gets oh, yeah. visited by the three ghosts the three and you're ghosts, the ghost of the Christmas. Christmas. Football, football, <laughs> grand final week future. Yeah. Yeah. If that grand final went the other way, yeah. this is what you would have ended up looking like. An old man whose hips don't work. <laughs> so did you cop it from anyone? How okay. were they? So uh, early show Saturday night. And by uh, the way, this is important. We've had a lot of friction between uh, this show and our, 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 our Western Australian listeners. They feel yeah. like we've been a bit hard on them. I, I mean, I feel you in particular. Well, I've been hard it's on mostly them. mostly because you think West Coast are no good. I've been hard on their team. Yeah. I love Western Australia. My sister lives in WA. But... They have felt like they've been unjustly dealt with. Like, what's so wrong with Perth, I believe someone asked us. <laughs> right. What is so wrong with Perth? So, Perth's a really you, nice place. As, as, a vet, like, as someone who is committed to the truth, has actually gone to Western Australia for a weekend. True. When your team is playing that, you're never going to get a better insight. Well, firstly, I'll tell you this. It's an amazing thing to be down in that part of the world like an hour before the game, around the ground and then like having to go back towards my venue. That was the train station where most of the people were coming in. So there were just flocks. I don't reckon there's any team in the league who wear their club jumpers more than West Coast Eagles fans. Like they are really kitted up. Yeah. yeah. Like, I reckon Frio are the same. I remember that grand final we went to, the Swans, uh, no, Hawthorne Frio grand final. I was amazed by how many... I know that's a grand final, so it's a bit different. But there was so much purple at that ground. Yeah. Well, Maybe I it's mean, a WA it thing. It might be a WA thing. So, I, I, let's... See, look, there's two good things I've said about WA. You're obsessive about your teams. <laughs> Scarily obsessive. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I was going to say is we may have characterised them as the sort of people that you couldn't happily walk through uh, as an opposition supporter. Yeah. But on the way to the game, I, I met a, like an older... A Bulldogs couple who travel around mm. and watch the Bulldogs everywhere. Yeah. And they traveled over and they were going to sit amongst West Coast fans and they said they'd done it before and very much enjoyed it. And then I saw, you know, my favorite thing in football, Charlie, you know, when uh, a couple uh, support the two opposing teams yeah, it's the and they're walking to the game together. And yeah. I saw that happen. And Avery. And I was like, well, there you go. That's not, this is not what I've come to expect. And yeah. then on the way to my venue, I walked through those crowds and I stopped and got photos with people and people kind of wished me good luck for the game and did get yeah, a little light ribbing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But no teasing, Charlie. Yeah. 
Uh, so then after the game, Saturday night, oh, Saturday night is no come, one pulled your pigtails. Saturday night has come around. Uh, early show. I, I said before I went on stage, I was like, well, somebody will yell something out or there'll be something going on. Early show could not see any West Coast sort of colors and stuff in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may have been, but I couldn't see from on stage and nobody yelled anything out. Late show, very different story. <laughs> I feel at the late show, because uh, that was the extra show we put on, there were people who specifically bought tickets <laughs> only to be there in their West Coast gear. Like, I feel like there were people who just weren't interested in that. That's amazing. Comedy show like, uh, like, roughly how many did you see? Oh, uh, well, you get, from stage, you can see like about the first five or six rows. And I would have seen, I'm going to say, a dozen West Coast. No, stars. fuck off. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And that's probably underestimated. <laughs> So that's two per row. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah, were they, yeah. how were they lined up? Was it a web? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Very, yeah, a lot down back. Yeah. Not a, yeah, but certainly some up front. There yeah. actually, there was only one in the front row. That's a pretty <laughs> traditional West Coast setup. Hey, oh, we had a bit of West Coast news actually. Uh, whispers. We got some whispers. Oh, we from did? The West. Yeah. So. Oh, good. Oh, we should take this opportunity to say, uh, if you didn't already know, our Facebook page is up and running. Um, a, we did it so uh, uh, you guys wouldn't bother our TOEFOP fans, the guys who listen to our other podcast. Um, but also, it's a great way for us to collate all these like uh, whispers from the West. And if you guys are doing any Photoshops or memes or whatever, send them in. We'll repost them. Um, but also come and just chat with each other and like get stuff discussed because we'll reference it and we'll talk about it on the show. So um, here we go. This is uh, Whispers from the West. Uh, on Anzac Day... My dad and I were walking from the shrine to the MCG for the Bombers versus Magpies match and stopped at the transport bar for a quick beverage. Everyone knows the transport Dead bar, square. pretty traditional place for people to get a pre-football beverage. Yeah. I believe we've got a pre-football be- beverage. Pre-grand final uh, beverage, I believe. No, it was, a, it was, the, it was Pro, the semi-final uh, you lost. The semi you lost. Never go in there again. <laughs> While in the bar, we were approached by an older gentleman who was after advice for when the festivities of the match commenced. Given he was from Western Australia, he wasn't sure of what to expect. Chatting with him, we soon found out he was actually in town as friends of the Lacroix family, who came to watch him play earlier that weekend to the very upsetting loss against the Hawks. My father, in spite of being a mad Dons fan, has a very strong man crush on one M. Lacroix and wanted to know the little Frenchman and wanted to know what was happening with his quiet start to the season. According to this family friend, Mark Lacroix is very much dissatisfied with the team structure and feels that the current setup around Josh Kennedy is too easy to defend and he isn't being utilized as he should be. He's apparently looking at his options outside footy. But could be open to a trade. How old is Mark Lacroix? By the way, this is a lot of detail to get from a family friend. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that bit where he's like, he's looking at opportunities outside football, but you know, he could also be open to a trade. He was also on the board at St Kilda, this guy. (laughs) Seems to move in a lot of different circles. So there you go. That's interesting. I I don't know that Mark Lacroix would get that much. Do you think? For, I mean, what would you have to give up from Mark Lacroix? Not much. A third rounder, you could probably... No. I mean, I, I, I imagine, you know, say maybe you're GWS or something and you're looking for a CBJ replacement or something yeah, right. like that. You could 
you know, maybe get a Lacrari in for a year or two more. I just, yeah, or I if you wanted to coach somewhere. But when do you ever need, like Stevie J is an exception, but when do you ever need to top up with a small forward? You know what I mean? Like, that, that's not a... Oh, small forwards are more important in the game these days than ever before. But, but that's but everyone has one. Like, I don't yeah, think... Yeah, but if you were like a premiership... Well, I mean, but for example... Well, pick, like tell a, me one club that you think Mark Lacrari would improve. Okay, so anyway, big shout out to Mark Lacroix. If you're a... Just cut to Mark Lacroix, just a single tear <laughs> running down his yeah, cheek. Mark he's like, ah, it's these <laughs> bastards. They have defeated me on the podcast. I curse your name. The Frenchman shall have his revenge. And then this weekend, he goes out and kicks 10. Ah, in the aftermath, in the aftermath interview, he's like, ah, tough up. I spit in your face. This is what the Frenchman does when you're... When you criticize him. <laughs> Ooh la la, my baguette. I jump on my bicycle now. I ride away. Where are my onions? <laughs> Racist. Jesus. I could be brought into like racial vilification, couldn't I? <coughs> I mean, retrospectively. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things there. I don't think that there's... Um, I mean, technically, that would be one of those arguments that someone would use when they actually, like, want to justify the fact that they booed Adam Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be like, oh, well, Charlie Clawson can go on his football podcast and make me... I have French heritage. Maybe I'm offended. I eat onions. <laughs> I ride a bicycle. Oh, so he's biased against right. people who ride bikes bicycle. now. Yeah, he hates people who ride bicycles, does he? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess uh, uh, technically, but... We've still got to be able to have some What does lacrosse mean? Because obviously, like... Uh, it's French for yogurt. <laughs> All right. We're both in trouble. Yeah. I, guess. I guess we'll be able to go to the trial together. Yeah. We'll be able to get a share a ride. <laughs> share a lawyer. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so, uh, look, uh, in general... Um, I wasn't. Uh, uh, that, people were good heart. Well, good about it. Yeah, people were pretty. I mean, good. I went to a game at Subiaco a couple of years ago. I was over doing something for seven, and the Saints just happened to be playing, and so they swung a ticket for me. But it was at the, um, what do you call it, like the President's Lunch, the oh. West Coast official function, and I sort of went there just in my suit and was like, I can't not rep. So I went down to the merch table and bought like a badge. I think it was like a big badge to put on my lapel, uh-huh. and. They made mention of it. Like, I was probably the only St. Kilda supporter in there. And they made mention of it. And it was like, ha you know, like, I felt I was being tolerated. But you know what I'm like at the football. When I actually went out to sit and watch the game and started barracking, I was pretty, like, I'm not not obnoxious, but vocal. Oh, no, and they were, obnoxious. <laughs> and they were very good about it. Like, they were actually, I mean, they were good about it in the sense that they knew they were going to win the game, so let this let this delusional idiot have his moment. Yeah, for them it was like that movie Dinner for Schmucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had one idiot that they invited along so that they could all enjoy it. Yeah. Look at how the idiot will cry when they lose. <laughs> <laughs> they invite one. What you don't know is that's actually what they do at every function. Yeah. <laughs> We've got an idiot from the telly this week. It'd be great. He's an idiot. Um, in so, if so far as the game itself, um, right, look, you know, again, the Bulldogs are really inaccurate at the moment, but it, I, I, it was one of those games where I imagine you just kind of come out of that weekend and go, yeah, we've got to get better than we are, but hopefully we will get better than we are. And 
you know, that seems to be about where we are at the moment. Yeah, so. yeah, it's not, it wasn't a bad loss. You didn't get thumped or anything. No. Like, I don't think it sort of put any doubts in people's minds. And having fucking Redpath back is pretty good, right? Yeah, and, and it looks like we might get, uh, I think, Roughhead? Morris, Roughhead, and maybe Cloak are all available this Mitch, week. And uh, Not Mitch. Or, uh, no, not uh, Mitch Wallace. Mitch Wallace. They're going to they're gonna play him a bit in the VFL just to right. make sure, because he's... Come back pretty quick from that broken leg, so they just want to make sure he's okay. It feels but... like they do now, don't you reckon? A broken leg, I guess it depends on where the break is, but I feel like there's been a couple of players like coming. Didn't Nat Fife come back from a broken leg within a year? Yeah. That was a break, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we, we'll get better, hopefully. Like, you know, I mean, I think we're just... Like, who knows? In yeah. this competition at the moment, the thing that I would say is, I'm not sure that we're that good, mm. but I'm not sure who is good. Yeah. So at the moment, it's fine not to be, you know, as, and I guess, that good. and I guess, in a way, you could have been blown out of the water if Josh Kennedy had kicked straight. It could have been much uglier. Like he was keeping you in the game for large portions of it. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you know, I do think you know why because he's been bloody off uh, head surfing too much. You. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to uh, put more time in his goal kicking and less time into his head surfing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Well, maybe it wasn't even him. Maybe it was that American guy <laughs> from. <laughs> And maybe that's what he does around Perth if he's had a shocking game and he's in a cafe and they're like, are you Josh Kennedy? And he's like, no, I'm a radical American <laughs> surfer, dude. Yeah, I saw because after he scored his first goal, he turned around to the camera and he went, wapow! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, oh, shall we move on to the second game of the round? Uh, Hawthorne. Uh, the Hawthorne Hawks versus the Brisbane Lions. Uh, Hawthorne won that. Yeah. Nothing really. I mean, Cyril's out now for 12, 8, to, eight 12. to 12. And, you know, they... I, I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they could get to middle of the table, the Hawks. I mean, who knows? Who who knows? I don't know anything anymore. But I didn't see any of this game, and I don't really know anything about nah, it. No, no. No? Moving on. The end. <laughs> People love when we do that for their teams. Uh, well, like Hawthorne haven't had enough said about them in the past fucking five years. We've... Listen to every episode of us. We've talked about Hawthorne a lot. And Brisbane, well, <laughs> yeah. come on. Look, both of those teams have had success within our lifetime. Yeah. Exactly. Enjoy it, guys. Yeah. You could be Richmond. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, so, St. Kilda, uh, 12-13-85, defeated Carlton, 10-6-66. Yeah, I... just a good win and nothing else came out of this game. Moving on. <laughs> uh... So, well, let's talk about the football first, yeah. and then we can talk about the the other things. Uh, it was... Uh, Carlton are good. Like, they're developing and stuff, but their game style, the way they slow the ball down and try and actually kick it long rather than handballing. Like, it's not working just yet because it feels like they don't have the big bodies to sustain it. Like, they, it's they, you've got to be very patient and, you know, not get rattled and stuff. And it was the opposite of how St. Kilda play, which is like the Bulldogs, very frantic handball happy and stuff so I think it's actually a good game for us to have won because it was one of those ones that a year ago two years ago we would have lost like that we got challenged twice like they hit the front in the third quarter when we'd been four goals up and we managed to claw it back so I think it wasn't pretty but it was a good win alright so oh one other thing Jack Billings Oh, yeah. Awesome. So, a, a couple of weeks ago when you were watching uh, the game here... Uh, the GWS. Like, yeah, yeah, last okay. week. Last week. And you were saying this you know, this would be a good night. If Maybe Billings, this will be the night he, he announces, announces himself. himself. Yeah. Well, you weren't far away. No. 
No, I mean, it's been building. Like, he's... The thing about Jack Billings, and the big problem for him is he had the misfortune of being drafted in front of Marcus Bontempelli. Yeah. And it's... Was never he was never going to be the same player. He doesn't have the same body type. He's kind of a receiver type, you know, fo- midfielder forward, more like um, Chad Wingard. And so a player like that isn't going to make an immediate impact. When he got the ball, you could see he had skills and stuff. But it was one of those things where you forget that he played fifty games. Like Carl- the Carlton game was his fiftieth game. So we were like tearing our hair out over a kid who's really, you know, been playing football for three seasons properly. And he was like injury interrupted. But now to see him sort of putting it together, you're like, okay, this is good. I mean, we'll have to see what happens for the rest of the year. But the way he's played all year, it's consistent. It's been a build. It doesn't feel like this is like a one of those kind of event games where a player breaks out and then disappears for another five weeks. He was very confident. Like 30 possessions and five goals just floating between midfield and forwards. Awesome. Yeah. It felt like a, a coming-of-age moment. And the other thing is, like you said, 50 games... And sometimes I think a Bontempelli or somebody like that can really ruin it for other people. Yes, definitely. Because, like, you just go, oh, well, you didn't pick, you picked him above Bontempelli. And you're like, yeah, yeah, Bontempelli's some sort of freak. Yeah. Like, two years in. Yeah. But who knows in five years? Yeah. Or ten years, like, you know, the, the career trajectories of those players. Exactly. You know? And this whole thing of, like, just because there's a number attached to someone where they come in that top ten, like, that's just, that number is associated because someone has to be picked first. But, you know, everyone is saying, well, there's probably five or six players we could pick with our first pick. But, you know, we have to narrow it down to what our needs are or whatever. But wasn't that also the same draft where Zach Merritt was like 23rd or oh, I mean, you could, or something? But there's heaps of gun players. Like, wasn't James Hurd like 43 or something like that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it happens all the time. Yeah, but even these days, my point being that like Zach Merritt, for example, who is just, you know, he's probably top 10 AFL mm. players at the moment. Like, he was 27th in that draft. So you're always going to get... Like, you could look Someone's at everyone who came before through. him and go, why did you pick them before Zach Merritt? Yeah. But all the clubs did. Yeah. Like, in that amount Multiple of Multiple times. Oh, you know I mean? Probably two picks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Normally, it was Richmond. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, all right. So, the other big issue that came out of this game was the Sledge. on-field sledging uh, issue. Um, okay. So, firstly, um, we don't know what was said on the field because they've chosen not to reveal it. But apparently there were sledges both ways. Murphy sledged, sledged, sledged. It's, it's, it's sledged. Sledged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sledgedly. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, apparently he, a sledged, uh, Jake Carlisle. Right. Wonder about, about what? About what issue. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. Mm. Well, apparently. Real head scratcher. Cause there's a, there's been a lot of qualifications of what has or hasn't been brought up in these. Cause originally they said nothing. Right, mm. and so people, as people do, speculated on what might have been said. Yeah, I guess their initial thinking was we won't reveal it because then it's out in the public anyway. Yeah, but what they didn't kind of, you know, is that people start is, filling that void with oh, their own ideas. Void? Yeah, and there's like thousands of people who'd like to speculate on what the nature of that was. Ah, uh, wait a minute, are you telling me that people go online with wild, <laughs> unsubstantiated <laughs> theories and claim them as fact? Well, when I heard. Like that, they've been sledging in the game. You immediately, if it's the Carlisle thing, you go, "Well, you're sledging him about either the Essendon thing or about um, the Drugs. the Coke. Snapchat, yeah, white powder, white powder that sorry. he was on Snapchat yeah, yeah, yeah. with, right?" And I get that, right? Um, you hear Murphy, and you immediately think of the rumor that had been floating around AFL for, like, we had heard it 
like, and if we've heard it, I don't think we're number one on the chain of people who hear these sort of things. Like, it seemed to be that thing. And Wayne Carey went on um, Talking Footy on Monday night and kind of gave us a little bit of a, a timeline on it. He said it's been about 18 months since the rumour was first floated that uh, he and Mark Murphy... And I'm only saying, I, w- I don't, we would not have said this... Um, uh, it's I'm only saying what Wayne Carey kind of admitted on the record about this, that there was a rumour floating around about... Him. Allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, uh, there was a rumor about him and uh, Mark Murphy's wife. Yeah, and uh, so apparently, what happened was at the time. Um, now, here's the thing. Firstly, you throw Wayne Carey into the mix, and you throw a rumor of a, an affair with a player's wife into the mix. Mm. Th- that's the sort of thing that people are going to tell other people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, if you hear that, that's the sort of thing that is going to be. You know, it's, yeah, it's if a guy gets released from prison. And then someone's wallet goes missing. Right. Even if it's fallen down the back of the cash. Yeah. Everyone's going to think somebody took the wallet. Yeah. And <laughs> You don't put your hand on another man's wallet. <laughs> right. You know? We all know that. It's a big lesson of football. So, um, so basically, uh, Wayne Carey got in contact with Mark Murphy at the time. And he says, um, and it would be a brave thing to be lying about because mm. you're, you know, everyone's going to you know, look at this you know, uh, very intricately. Uh, but he said he's, he's never even had a conversation with Mark Murphy's wife. It was a complete and utter fabrication and there's no truth to it at all. Mm. And that he and Mark Murphy had spoken 18 months ago about uh, the, the rumour at the time and they discussed whether they should, you know, put out a press release together or like, you know, like go on the radio together and talk about it. But they decided at the time that, you know, it's better that it just hopefully goes away and it, and it didn't go away. And Wayne Carey talked about the idea that, you know, he get, he then gets the tap on the shoulder from family and friends of going, hey, we're hearing this. Mm. And again, that must be like, it, when it, you know, if it's not true and, you know, you've got to assume that it isn't true. Yeah. Like, um, what a horrible moment that's got to be as well when one of your friends has heard it and just gone, oh, fucking dark. <laughs> not again, mate. Like, seriously, yeah. you were back. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, It'd be like it, it, James Hurd's coming back to football and then you see him down at Stephen Tank's place getting a tan. <laughs> like, no, Hurdy, no. Um, but so they've now said that that wasn't the nature of the sledging on the field. It wasn't in, right. the Wayne Carey wasn't even brought up right. in it. But it was of a personal, of nature. A personal nature and I believe directed at his wife, which yeah. to me... I mean, I hope that we live in a world where that's just inappropriate, mm. right? Like yeah. all kind of fun of, you know, people loving a sledge or a funny story or mint. And we're back. It's, we're it's back. been an interrupted podcast today. Yeah. Uh, I currently, I now... After You're one, getting better delivery to your forward line than prison lines. <laughs> regular delivery, <laughs> at the very least. Yeah, trying to get do some data retrieval now. I feel like, what was the famous... There wasn't the, the famous story of one of the coaches who didn't get a coaching job because when he was doing his presentation, oh, like the, all his presentation the went didn't down. Work. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Who was yeah. that? Well, anyway, so we're doing some data retrieval. Uh, so Hardwick, I think it was. Oh, was it? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, there is a, a guy inside the house currently with a lot of um, old computers of ours. Yeah. And essentially... I the, hope you haven't bloody been sexting each other or anything like that. Well, Last know, thing you need is like Will's like, stolen 
the fappening wills fappening nudes to come out. Yeah, I don't think so. But what he really is doing at the moment is like he's setting up like a very old sort of desktop computer and a, like a kind of you know older still kind of laptop computer, and he looks like he looks like he's in Mister Robot. Oh, really? essentially. So yeah, he's stealing your data. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, your credit card's being used in Russia. Oh, my credit card's already being used in Russia. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we were talking uh, before the break. Yeah, about the fact that sledging, um, yeah, sledging, sledging. on field sledging. So, no. well, you're a St Kilda. Let's. Why don't you talk to it as a St Kilda fan? How did, How did you feel about it when you heard uh, what had happened in the game? Look, I'm not a fan of sledging per se. Like, I think here's the thing. I think it's all depends on like the person, the context, the stuff. You know what what it was going. I think in the heat of battle, players say fucking stupid things. Right. It's when that becomes like a persistent thing that they keep coming back to. I think anyone can be forgiven for fucking blurting something out in the heat of the moment. But if it's like a targeted, premeditated, you know, we know this is something that's going to like throw this player. We're going to go out and attack them. I'm like, I don't know, man. Just maybe play football. Like <laughs> that seems to work for Hawthorne and stuff. Well, most of the time, like in today's game, aren't you just too puffed to say anything? I think so. Like, aren't they saying the reason that no one can kick for goal is because they can't breathe? Surely you don't have time yeah. to sledge. Well, the funny... Or maybe that's the problem, though, because yeah. in the old days you would hear about the witty sledges. Yeah. You know? Chris Judd brought one up this week uh, on the radio uh, when uh, Luke Darcy uh, was going up in the ruck against Dean Cox mm. and uh, stopped, got the umpire to stop just before he was bouncing and he was going and said, complained to the umpire that Dean Cox's nose was out of the circle. <laughs> <laughs> and Juddy was like, that's a good sledge. But maybe to the pace of today's game means that you don't have time to compose those sort of witty sledges. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you know, you just have to go to the really base horrible stuff. Well, the thing is, like, there's always, whenever something like this happens, even like the Adam Goods thing, people always go, well, where's the line and why is this okay and why is it not okay? I think instinctively we all fucking know. Like, the fact yeah. is that both clubs acknowledge that something went down that they weren't, you know, that they weren't proud of. They haven't taken any further action. And, of course, there's people who think, you know, it needs to be taken further. But... The point being, the players knew that they'd maybe crossed a line and they have seek to rectify that behaviour. Like, I don't think it's a case of, oh, this happens every week and, you know, this is a tactic or whatever. I think that it, maybe it was something that, we, I don't know anything about it, but maybe it was something that was discussed beforehand, maybe it was spur of the moment. But the fact is, they're, they're addressing it, you know, that they're actually acknowledging it's an issue. And also... People always get into this thing of, you know, like Carlton supporters, you know, are mad at St Kilda supporters. St Kilda supporters are mad at Murphy because, you know, he had a go at Carlisle who's on the ground. The thing is, like, if you swap okay, so around... Well, here's my thing then, though. Yeah. Like, is there a difference uh, between Mark Murphy, say, for example, and it seems like what he sledged to Carlisle was, wasn't about Asada. It was about uh, the Snapchat thing where Jake Carlisle, on an end-of-season trip, mm. has Snapchatted himself with a suspicious line of white powder, right? Mm -hmm. Is that fair game on a footy field? Because there's a part of me that thinks that probably still is, right? Because that's you, some stupid thing you've, you've got done. yourself into yeah. that can be mocked. But perhaps maybe there's not even a place for that anymore. I mean, I don't know. Like, I just feel like instinctively, the fact that the clubs and the players have come out and you know made a statement about it, regardless of what happens from here, tells me that even in the moment they might have known it was wrong. You know, and I'm... Look, You've been to the football with me. I fucking lose my mind in the stands and yell shit out that I probably will regret later on. But, you know, I don't think that 
you don't want to get super PC about this and say like, well, it all has to go. We need to grow up and stop sledging. That's kind of part of the competitive contest, you know, like it's just some players are better at it. Like, you know, obviously this was like a, a, a dumb decision, but, but you don't want to, you don't want to take the really good sledges out of the game. Is there a difference between like sledging around ability and sledging around performance in the game and, you know, those sort mm. of things? We have that sort of idea of going, um, you That's know, all fair you game. shirked it at, like yeah. that last contest or, you know, um, you know, you know, you're ducking for free kicks all day or, you know, like that, that sort of thing. I think it that's was, different to like this other stuff. Right? Yeah. Well, I think if you are the person being attacked, you have made the decision to pull on that jumper and get on that field. So it's the same thing as if you're injured and you choose to stay on the ground, then you can't complain when some dudes come and try and rough you up. Right. So I think that. If it's the sledges are about you as a person, your funny shaped head, your funny run, you know, stuff that's been in the press that you've done to yourself, then that to me feels like, okay, you've got to expect that. I mean, you're in the but public. What if, what if Joe Danaher is really sensitive about the size of his head? And, you know, the fact that, like, even though we think it's in good fun, because yeah. we, we love Joe Danaher and we think he's a legendary player, he just has a tiny head. Yeah. Um, perhaps he's, like, his entire if life Joe, he's been teased about the size if of Joe his Danaher head. If Joe Danaher actually... And maybe the reason he's missing goals is that he's constantly paranoid about people who are staring at his well, head. I also believe that, you know, we're, we're like, we're grown-ups. And if something like that did... Just say that did occur, that okay, Joe yeah. Danaher comes out and says that, and he does a statement, then I'm I willing... Mean, what, a gr- what a great and terrible moment all at once for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, I've got some good and bad news. Yeah, I was the, watching we the, finally got that coverage you've been looking for. The good news is, yeah. The good news is about 500,000 people just saw Joe Danaher give a shout out to the podcast. <laughs> bad news is we're sledging him. But yeah. I would think that if Joe Danaher explained to me why it you know, was offending him or whatever, I'm not going to... I don't want to deliberately go out and no. make someone feel fucking terrible about, them, terrible about themselves. I mean, we're... If you look at other areas of society and the way we've stopped using words to categorize or you know, to flippantly describe people because we're getting the better awareness now of, you know, what that community is or what that personal experience is, then, you know, I mean, I can't say that. So uh, if after this, uh, we get a letter from, say, the French embassy. <laughs> well, look, complaining about there has your, to be a line, well. characterization of the French <laughs> as onion loving bicycle riding. No, it was Mark Lacroix is a bicycle-loving, <laughs> onion-eating, f- dirty Frenchman. You've essentially just described Tony Abbott, actually. <laughs> bicycle-riding, <laughs> onion-eating. You think Tony Abbott... You've, you've confused the French with Tony Abbott. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things where... Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind the idea of people still being competitive out there and kind of you know having a go at each other in the spirit mm. of the moment. But yeah, it doesn't feel necessary for well, me you're to a, be you're a person who their prof- outside football life. You're a person who professionally makes fun of people. You sledge, you know, for a living, and you would have like, what's your what's your moral code? What's your Whatever Batman I can get won't away with. use a gun? <laughs> I mean, it changes. There's a shifting code. I mean, as you right, yeah, and and look, you hope, yeah. I mean, as with all these things in the AFL you hope that the majority of the change is moving forward. And the thing that I would say around this is that I reckon a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, whatever, Mm. the majority of the commentary around this would have been what happens on the field stays on the field. At least a lot of the commentary around this has been this sort of shit is not acceptable and it was over the line and people kind of understand And I am... Now, if you're a listener to SEN, you're not necessarily on that same... Oh, really? No, 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 no. Oh, so they're like, just like it's no, pe- political pe- snow, mad, snowflakes, snowflakes, triggered, libtards. That's what they are. Yeah, this is right. the left again. Hmm. 
I didn't. You'll notice it happened on the left wing of the ground. Oh, well, I was just about to say I haven't had any calls to like maintain the sledging. I feel like the fact that Carlton and St Kilda came out and said, "Yeah, look, you know, maybe things went too far. We're going to endeavour to do better next time." To me, that reflected what I think, you know, about the situation, which is like, "Oh yeah, you expect it, and sometimes it happens." And you know, let's try and make not. Let's try to not do it again. You know, let's just try and be a little bit better. Yeah, I think there's a difference between, for example, like a sledge on a banner. You know, a bit of fun at an opposition supporter's expense. You know, because yeah. we all we, love that. You That's, talked about killing Joffa half an hour ago. I mean, it wasn't me. I was playing a character at the time. <laughs> Phew, Your, Your Honour. Honor. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. Um, so, no, no, no. I mean, as you said, we we, we do like the banter in the theatre of combat competition and sport and part of it is that mm. teasing of other clubs or having you know these firm opinions about other clubs it's part of what makes the game great yeah but there's plenty of scope within that alone yeah to oh my god how many bad heads are there in the afl right. quite a town on that it's fine guys. I mean, we've picked like six terrible haircuts <laughs> over the course of this show this year i think haircuts are still fair game yeah, right definitely boarding is boarding now a, like would that be more your disability area boarding now um, I don't know. Is it considered a handicap? Because I mean, people do certainly like get paranoid and get like you know, like people don't like going bald. Well, some people don't like going bald, and people don't like it so much. So Can you make fun of Caleb Daniels' height? Oh, you're right. Can you call him like midget? Well, you can't say midget because that's politically incorrect in its own way. <laughs> you're actually just bringing up another can of worms if you if you bring that way. You'd bring the M word. <laughs> Into the scenario, are you able? Are you able to call Mummy a giant? Well, I mean, he plays for the Giants, so yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess yes. you are. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I think we've solved uh, yeah. discrimination guys. in the AFL. Um, all right, uh, is this one of those things where, as Caroline Wilson argued, you know, when you're a team like St Kilda who wants to get a female team in the AFL and stuff like that, that it can have potential to have a longer term, you know, damage to the Zakilda brand or does it just... I think since Matt Vinnis has come in, he's worked very hard to make us a community club again, like very active in the local community. We have the Pride game. You know, they're, they're doing a lot to kind of be a more progressive club. I think, you know, this is definitely a hiccup and doesn't, you know, it doesn't gel with their current direction. But again, like, you know, I think... They could make a gesture now, and I think that would be welcomed. But I also think that, you know, they've spoken to Carlton. They've, you know, Jane Geary tried to get in contact with Mark Murphy and apologise, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I don't imagine it would, it's woven into the fabric of the club. This is not like a regular, like, offence that happens at St Kilda or anything. By the way, do you reckon Jane Geary is, like, starting to re- wish he hadn't been a made captain oh, would have been <laughs> when like, he was told he had to make that phone this call. It's been uh, pretty good fun so far, to be honest. Love Captain's Day, meeting all those legends. So you but... have to you have to make that call. Yeah. Like, I mean, where do you, you find a quiet space to do it? Like, oh. you're not going to call in the car or anything like that. Definitely not like the change rooms. I mean, that'd be a good way to at least, like, you know, if, 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 you, if Murphy was going to get really mad at you, you, you could just do that. You know, hey, Murph, yeah, Jaron Geary. Jaron Geary, Jaron <laughs> from St Kilda. I literally tackled you in a melee on uh, Saturday. We, we met at the top. <laughs> <laughs> he actually probably would have been stoked to get the answering machine. I would have been stoked yeah. to get the answering machine. Well, because it probably means that Mark Murphy never heard it. Because if he's yeah. anything like any of us, when don't, you, I don't listen voice to my messages. Never. Just send me a text. Yeah, exactly, mate. If it's important enough, you'll text me. <laughs> if that was the message on Murph's voicemail. 
Like, hey, it's Mark here. Yeah. Um, don't leave a message. If you need to get in contact, send me a text. Yeah. <laughs> or you, if you're Jaren, you're like, oh, fuck. Uh, like, how do I put, how do I put this down? Uh, M&M. Emojis. Hey, M&M. What's, what's shaking? <laughs> I hope you're not feeling blue. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Wink emoji. All right, let's move on to uh, the GWS, the Greater Western Sydney, playing the Collingwood Magpies. Yeah. Uh, wow. I now, mean, we did last week, we we decided to put the Back to the Walls experiment to test yeah. where uh, I back Collingwood for Back to the Wall and you back GWS because they should win. And yeah. so what does this tell us? Nothing. Nothing. In fact, it, inconclusive. If, it, if in anything, I think it strengthens Back to the Wall and it's just an anomal- anomaly, anomaly in the Back to the Wall method. Yeah, okay. I would accept that. I think that. this would be if we were trying to like, put together a scientific study, mm. we wouldn't cancel the whole hypothesis just based on this one week. I think there's enough evidence, even though... We didn't get the conclusion we were looking for. There was enough evidence to say that backs against the wall is still a pretty, uh, pretty solid theory when it comes to the. Yeah, they're having a club. they're having a weird season, aren't they? The pies, yeah. like it's a season where, it's either a slow death, like or, I mean, who knows? Like I feel like they're just gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be like just a mid table team, maybe. I think they're gonna finish in the bottom six, but I think that they're gonna have a few of these sort of games where they just mm. you know they play pretty well. Yeah, they got enough good players, and they if they play, I mean, they should have won this game. I don't know if you watched any, but I only watched the last quarter. But mm. Collingwood should have won. They had plenty of opportunities to win, and then Stevie J. Yeah, well, it was just, it was honestly one of those things where, like, where cometh the hour, cometh the man. It, Ruzi, I think it was Ruzi or Kingy, I can't remember which of the two it was, but uh, about tw- like ten minutes into that quarter, you actually said, "Oh, it might be time for a bit of Stevie J magic." Yeah. And then twenty minutes later, yeah. just he hit that pack <laughs> at full pace, like it was old school. Just like yeah. it reminded me of Chris Judd in that final, you know, yeah. just hitting and bursting through a pack at full pace and just running into goal because no one from GWS could kick a goal. Neither team wanted to win it. They both could have had a chance at winning it, and then mm. just. Stevie was like, one more time for Stevie. Uh, and Coniglio is out for 10 weeks, I reckon. Yeah. So they're starting to, start to mount up. What? He's got syndesmosis. Does he really? Yeah. Um, starting to mount up, though, now. This is this is probably, like, good news for the rest of the AFL. If we can just keep them, you know, having to sort of bring in players in and out all season, maybe they won't get any continuity. Well, yeah, and Kelly played his best game, so... Yeah. Other clubs are only going to want him. Cha-ching, more. cha-ching. Yeah, exactly. Good times. Yeah, he's a gun. Like, he, yeah, he could be anything. I mean, he's already something now, but uh, they do also have an amazing midfield where I reckon that's, if they could get the right, I mean, what, do you have to trade for him? You do. You'd have to give up, like, trade or give up draft picks to get Kelly, right? I don't know how any of it works anymore. Well, so you'd think that if they could get, like, another first round pick, considering the midfield they already have, like, that could be a win-win, don't you think? You wouldn't want. To, I just reckon he's one of those players that once in a gen. You, you don't want to get rid of him. He looks like a heart and soul player to me. <gasps> Send him to West Coast. <laughs> Maybe they should get in on it. I don't think he wants to go west. He wants to go back to Victoria, doesn't he? That's the, That's whole, the point. whole point. Yeah. yeah, you don't hear about that too much, do you? Victorians getting homesick. Well, I mean. Apparently, like Sydney as well. I know that. I mean, the GWS seem to be pretty positive around the idea that they might keep him. They just know that there's a couple of clubs that are willing to offer him, you know, really huge contracts. Well, the re- I mean, the reason you'd stay is obviously 
this team feels like a foregone conclusion. They'll win at least one flag, you'd think. Yeah, right? but say if St Kilda finished about where GWS finished this year, then maybe you could make an argument for going to St Kilda. Yeah. Yeah. How old is he? 22 or something? 21, yeah, 22? I mean, yeah. I mean, he, but that's the thing. He could play another three years at GWS, drive that price tag up even further, or even like go to free agency. You know, if he's going to be that good, and then he can really fucking cash in, plus have four flags to his name. I mean, it's a win-win is what we're saying. Yeah, but he could always, like, do his knee or, like, you know, one of those sort of things as well and not have locked in his, like, you know, yeah. seven-year, $15 million contract. Yeah, it's true. Maybe the Bulldogs should get him. Some... Him, and, him and Boyd. Whatever, mate. And the rest of your team gets put down to, like, minimum wage <laughs> so you can pay two players. I reckon they just must uh, just constantly saying to uh, Tom Boyd, just go and enjoy it now. <laughs> enjoy it now. Because see that guy Bontempelli over there? He's going to need a lot of your money, sir. So you just enjoy it now. But I think he was on. I think they severely front-loaded his contract, Boyd. I read somewhere during the week that he right. was on, like, I think he was on 1.7 last year, which is right. crazy. But I think, you know. Well, that's smart, though. Yeah. Well. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, the thing is, we, you know, talking about Jack Billings and stuff, and people are hard on Tom Boyd the same way, Paddy McCartan as well, but he's he's doing fine. Like, he's doing he's what, doing ex- what you should would be expect doing. at yeah. that age, you know? Like, it, it's even after what he did in the grand final, you thought people would give him some, cut him some slack, but no, that's actually just made people more fucking, like, cynical about him, because, oh, you know, he just played one good game. It's like... Yeah, in a grand final. Right, and also he didn't just play one good game. Like, he played enough good games that he got picked in that grand final, guys. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Don't panic. He's had to play out of his position pretty much for the last two years because our Ruckman keep getting hurt. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so, uh, GWS, they just beat Collingwood. Um, sad news for Collingwood. But I, I reckon in the grand scheme of things, I look at this as one of those... Um, if you can get over this season, if you're a Collingwood fan who can resign yourself to the fact that this season is um, pro- yeah, probably done in regard to finals, and probably at the end of this season, Nathan Buckley will probably lose his job. But you want to be competitive enough during the season that you don't need to get rid of Buckley anytime before the end of the season. Mm. These are the sort of results you almost want because you'll end up with better draft picks. Yeah. But you're... You're already putting the queue in the rack? No, will? there's no queue in the rack. I'm just saying... In a season like this... I don't know. It looks like you're reaching to, the, to put the <laughs> cue in the rack. You're leaning across the pool table. I'm not putting the cue in the <laughs> rack, Charlie. You're just leaning against the table while you go get a beer. <laughs> saying, hold my cue. Yeah. No, I, my point being that like, at the end of the year, you'll, be, you'll feel exactly the same way about the team. Yeah, but you'll have, you'd be in a bit better position for the draft. Honorable losses for the rest yeah. of the year would That's be. That's what good. you want. You want a whole rest of the season of honorable losses. Yeah. So you so you're still optimistic about the future of your team. And honorable you... losses also means you're constantly in a state of back against the wall. <laughs> Aren't you? It's true. Yeah, that's because we're trying to figure out how yeah. he does it. That's how you keep yeah a yourself... series of honorable oh, losses. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right. Uh, Essendon, Essendon, then uh, defeated the cats. Defeated the cats. And I fucking picked this, didn't I? I picked this last week. I said this happened. I knew this was going to happen. I could tell. I had a feeling in my waters. Um, it's amazing how we talked about how flippant we can be in the AFL. Like how Geelong looks so bad now. 
Like they, from three weeks ago when they beat us with that burst in the last quarter, danger would go and berserk. And they just look slow and pokey. I mean, you saw some of the highlights with just not chasing and um, Essendon, who are a quick side, but just fucking cut them up through the middle. Well, firstly, here's what I would say. Obviously, uh, Paddy Dangerfield's had broken ribs. That's the... You know, they, they didn't tell anyone because broken ribs is one of those injuries you don't tell people about mm-hmm. because then they hit you when you're broken ribs. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently he's been playing, uh, wearing essentially a sumo suit. Is oh, really? Well, he's been wearing padding under his... So he's getting sledge. Everyone's yeah. like, Paddy, you're fat. Paddy, you're fat. <laughs> so he's not playing as well. Yeah. He's like, it's a sumo suit. <laughs> I've got broken... Oh, hang on. No, no, I'm fat. No, I've got fat. You're right. Oh, shit. <laughs> I've got Broken Arrow on DVD. You I've, should come watch it. It's my favourite John Travolta film. <laughs> I've got a broken heart from your comments. <laughs> yeah, so he's been wearing padding and... Yeah, I think they're just... I mean, I, I feel like... Isn't Chris Scott awesome to watch on 360 when they're in a hole? Like, because he's a really good media performer... And he's very good at deflecting or rationalizing, you know, just sort of like getting those hard questions out of the way. But the longer they're going without a win, the less those tricks are working. And it's almost like... I loved his angle this week, which was basically, to paraphrase, was, well, I've been telling you we were no good from the start of the (laughs) season. That's what I was saying when we were winning. I was saying to you guys every week, we were no good. And at the end of that, you're like, oh, yeah, he's a good coach. And I'm like, no, hang on. (laughs) No, no, no. It's a cry for help. Yeah, he's saying, we are no good. And we keep winning despite the fact that we're no good. Help me. Come watch why my halftime address. I'm just trying to say the players, guys, why even bother? We're no good. We're going to lose. Let's just go These before the traffic. are deceptive. Don't believe the results, guys. Oh, I see what he's doing there. Reverse psychology. You're a genius, Chris. No, no. I'm actually I'm trying to tell saying, you. I'm this boat is sinking. <laughs> Get in the life rafts. Oh, I love when he does this bit. No, 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 no. <laughs> Please. Please. Uh, the only downside to all this focus on Geelong is that uh, we've got Geelong uh, this week uh, down at Geelong for the opening of the new stadium. Again. Don't even sweat it. The reopening of the new stadium. They reopen that stadium. It's like John Farnham's farewell tour. The yeah. amount of times they reopen that stadium. What's the capacity going to be now? Is it oh, they only ever put it up about two thousand. <laughs> That's what I love. Really? They always do like like all this like really. They get a government grant. They do all this expensive refurb of the thing in the government, and we put in three thousand extra seats. <laughs> Six months later, get another grant. Oh yeah, we're putting in one light. Hang on, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. The thing about that win also is it takes away from Essendon, who are really good. And that's what I was... That's what my waters were telling me, is that I think Essendon... I mean, fuck, how good uh, is Tipper Moody? Like, he's got to be one of the most exciting small forwards in the game now. Like, he's just one-on-one. He's incredible. Never loses his balance. Super quick, tough. Super quick. And, yeah, once the ball's on the ground, loves it. But really strong on the lead and stuff as well. Yeah. He is a super... I mean, he's a super footballer. And has that body shape where you're like... No, it's a Lee Matthews body shape, don't yes. you reckon? It's that nugget, that little nugget shape. There hasn't been like a proper fit, hard nugget for a while. Yeah, you're right. And I love it. I guess like, well, Ollie Wines is a bit bigger though, isn't he? Yeah. Wines is more of like a big bodied midfielder. You're right. There hasn't been that kind of nuggety forward Lee Matthews Ollie type Wines for a while. is like your McDonald's chicken nugget, but like... Uh, <laughs> McDonald Tip and Woody is more like your. Uh, he's more like when you go to some fancy chicken shop and they the nuggets aren't really nuggets. They're kind of 
Anyway, I've I don't never know been to a fancy chicken. Oh, yeah, it's a good point. You, Charlie's you? never been to a fancy chicken a shop. Fancy and job. I'm a vegetarian, so I'm not really sure why. <laughs> Terrible analogy. Terrible on. analogy. Uh, yeah, and Joe Danaher found some form. Uh, seems to be better kicking outside 50 yeah. on the run. He was um, amazing, though. That was one of the best games I've seen him play. I, look, Essendon are one of those teams like Carlton that I don't have a lot of affection for because of the 80s. But I don't know, man. Like... I I just I do like watching them play because they've got so many exciting players and I I like Joe's quirky on on field persona. It's Me like too. it's like Will Ferrell's out there or something. This tall, gangly, funny guy. Well, he kind of plays like Buddy Franklin. Yeah, but he does not hold himself like Buddy Franklin. No, like I mean, when you see him kick those goals, like those running goals from outside fifty, you can imagine Buddy Franklin kicking those same goals, and you're just like, one of them's. Like, Buddy Franklin is just like, yeah, this is why I'm doing this, because I'm a superstar, look yeah. at me. And then... It's like one is one, it's like one is a sleek European sports car, and the other one's just like a jalopy, you know? Right. Like, but it's a fun ride, you know what I mean? He's just... He's great. Like, he, he he's... Because Buddy looks good. Like, Buddy glides and stuff. He's gangly. He looks like yeah. a giant uh, praying man. That's <laughs> like, yeah. It's like they taught a giraffe to play football. <laughs> and it's graceful and beautiful, but also awkward. Yeah, no, it's um, it's great to watch, and he's going to take Mark of the Year sometime soon, right? Like, did you see that one step, like ride he got on I just the weekend? Think, yeah, he's such a. I mean, he's an exciting footballer. Well, he's. But, I, I mean, that's. To, I love to see him play well. The one knock of Buddy is that he's not really like great Mark, but Joe Danaher seems to have all the other attributes. Plus, can take like a hanger. Yeah, I mean, he's like a giant clothes hanger come to life. <laughs> I mean, he's like a Daddy Longlegs if you removed four of its legs. Have you heard that football podcast? They're terrible at analogies. <laughs> um, all right. A simile. Similes? He's like a simile. Simile. Um, all right. So, uh, so the Bombers beat Geelong. Geelong might not be any good, but we've got him this week, so I'm, I'm trying not to talk him down too much. Uh, then uh, Adelaide, this was mm. where things started to get a little crazy. Um, Adelaide got smashed by Melbourne. Did not pick this. Did anyone pick it? I mean, look, Adelaide, uh, Melbourne at their best are really, really good, mm. but I just didn't think that they were capable of sustaining it. The well, it's the, was... fa- it's the way the game unfolded. It's the fact that they were like 20 points down at one stage and then just monstered them, got on top of them. And Well, the other thing I would say is, like, I think... Melbourne are kind of like have a similar sort of thing to Collingwood in their kind of backs against the wall, but it's more like they can't beat anyone they're supposed to and they're really good against people that they're not supposed to win. Yeah, right. And I feel like that. So even in that game, you know, like they're not supposed to beat Adelaide. So mm. that, that helps, takes off the pressure. But then they're down in the game as well. So that takes off the pressure. And yeah. you can start sort of like, you know, playing the way that they play well. But the big question is, can they follow it up when they're playing some team they're meant to beat? Yeah, how is Clayton Oliver's goal? I was well, um according to a lot of people, not a goal. Oh really? Yeah. There is a chance that it hit not one, but both of the goalposts. Oh really? Yeah. Ah. Apparently well it, it's like the fucking Zabruda footage. Right. Like KB Inconclusive. KB's Oliver Stone. He yeah. he doesn't believe a fucking word of it. He reckons it's like hit both goalposts. Yeah. But some people are like, no, it's a goal. Regardless. Just amazing. So, I mean, did they... There must have... There was no goal review. It's officially a goal. Oh, right. 
So, but they must have the footage of it, though. Have, have yeah, people... but it's, the footage is inconclusive. Oh, man. There's a lot of people going, you can tell that he hit the post because the, yeah, the ball... It's not the Zapruda footage, it's the Bigfoot footage. It's like, <laughs> is this real or not? Well, basically, you can see the, the trajectory of the ball change or something. I, can't, is... I mean, I've seen that replay a few times. I never noticed the goalpost thing. I just could not work out how he kicked it. Like, I couldn't work out if it was a check side or a drop punt or a floater. I just reckon he's one of those guys who's so instinctive that he don't, he wouldn't even tell you. It's just like I kicked it in the exact right way it needed to be kicked. Yeah, but it was do that. But it wasn't. It didn't spin like a drop punt or a check side. It was like it no. Just, that's what I mean, though. Like yeah. he literally calculated in his brain the exact sort of kick that would the only possible sort mm. of kick was halfway between a check side and a drop punt, but from this angle and it needs to spin in this unconventional way. That's what it felt like. Yeah, that's why a floater, like a helicopter. A floater. Yeah, it was a floater. <laughs> I mean, you give him a lot of credit, Will. It was a fluke. What we're saying is it was an absolute fluke. Well, I guess the big question now, people haven't lost faith in Adelaide, but it does make you go, oh, this is how you play him. A, tag Sloan, tag clearly, Sloan. and B, pressure. Don't give him any space. Just keep the numbers up. Just keep coming at him. Which is good for a lot of like teams like ours where they play a pressure game. Carlton and stuff obviously doesn't work. No, Adelaide, I mean, well, the good news I reckon about everything now is everyone looks beatable. Mm. I don't know how you would right now say there is a team in this that you would say, I would guarantee they will be in the grand final now. Is there? Is there? No. Would you be able to say that? No. Like two weeks ago, I would have said, I guarantee Adelaide will make the grand final. I don't think West Coast are any good, but they're <laughs> second on the ladder. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so uh, Adelaide, Melbourne, that was that game. Uh, Oliver's in his second season. He might win the Brownlow. Um, they're pretty good. Yeah, well, along with Pachaka, they're doing pretty well. Oh, last you know what? Drafts. We should actually say, while we're talking about Melbourne, Jesse Hogan oh, yeah. didn't play, and the reason uh, it has been revealed that he didn't play, which is that he has testicular cancer, mm. which coming on the back of his father dying is just a, I mean, a very horrible period of time for Jesse Hogan. Yeah, but the, cl- the, the, best. the club doctors have come out and said early detection, everything goes according to plan. You know, he could be back within six to eight weeks or four to eight weeks or something like that. But, uh, you know, thoughts are out to Jesse and his family. He's such a great footballer. Like, you know, we need to see more of him. Um, it's it's one of those things where it's just like, uh, can we just say big fuck you to cancer? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. stop, stop it. Yeah, it's shit. And, I mean, look, there's a couple of players in the AFL who had testicular cancer who are playing, you know, now. And, you know, Matthew Wade, the Australian wicket keeper, had testicular cancer. I mean, it's quite common and apparently if diagnosed early is one of the you know if you can get a good cancer is a good one to get but yeah right still for fucking like what a horrible period of time for that young man yeah uh so we wish him all the the best of luck uh all right uh so uh richmond well maybe we can cheer up uh jesse with the some discussion game. about our favorite team yes look it's taken us a while to get to this but oh, we, we figured we would you know we would wait. So let's, okay, up until this point, we feel like Richmond were building to something epic. Yeah. Right? And we've said that. We've said that. Like, yeah. and we, I think even talking about this game, we were like, oh, you know, which way will it go? What's the most Richmondy result? Never did I anticipate that this would happen. Even though there'd been precedent from only two years ago, there was just so something Richmondy about this. Well, this was one of those things where I feel like this season, it's been 
you know, it's, it's like you've been watching a TV show, right? Mm. And the like the first six, you're like, oh, this is all the stuff about the major arc. Yeah. But now they've just given us an episode that's full of all the things we love about Richmondy. Yeah. Like it felt like a self-contained Richmondy story. If yeah. you wanted to explain to somebody what being Richmondy was, just go to this guy. You just have to watch this guy. No, not even. You don't have the, to have last followed, last two quarters. <laughs> you don't have to have followed the story. Yeah. You can pick it up at half time. You don't need a previously on Richmondy to understand. <laughs> you just like this will give you a sense of what Richmondy is. It um you know that sort of thing where you know, I, I guess people have asked us uh, what is the definition of Richmondy and it and yeah. you know, we've said before Richmondy isn't one of those things that you can necessarily define. Yeah. You know, it's like that definition of pornography, you know it when you see it. And this was a great example of how Richmondiness can just sneak up on you. Yeah, as, as we've said on this show before, if you watched Mundy kick that goal and then the Curb Your Enthusiasm music started playing, that pretty much sums up Richmondy. You get a good feel for it in that regard. Now, a lot of people got in contact with us on Twitter, um, obviously, you know, letting us know that something very Richmondy had occurred. I didn't see it live. It's actually uh, one of my big regrets of the weekend is I didn't get to see it unfold. I was at a friend's fucking 40th birthday and had to, like, celebrate them, been on this earth for 40 years. I really would have loved to have seen... Look, I guess someone only turns 40 once and Richmondy happens all the time, so... In context, I you know. know, but this would have been a great one to see live. I was on a plane back from Perth, and uh, the game must have finished just as like the plane has landed. So I've turned on my phone, and everybody's just tweeting, "So Richmondy," and I'm like, "Oh, I've got to see this. Yeah. Got to get on the app right now. <laughs> Watch what happened." I mean, they came from so far down, and to get in front with 21 seconds to go. I mean, you can't lose. There's it so many with nuggets. 21 seconds. There's so to many go. nuggets of gold in there. So. Fremantle hadn't scored a goal since the 19-minute mark of the third quarter. So they hadn't scored a goal. And then the last one, the next one they score is with 21 seconds to go to win the game. Like, it's just, here's the thing. I guess what means Richmond, what Richmond means to me is what I love about Richmond and their supporters is just that fucking passion. And yes, you know, and, you know, we can achieve anything. And then having the rug pulled down their feet. That's what it is. It's Charlie Brown and the kicking the football. It's like, the build up of the expectation yeah. and then the immediate and dissolution s- of that expectation. And so this That's game what it is. had that exact transition in the space of 21 seconds. Right. Where Ellis kicks the goal on the left to give him the lead for the first time that day. Everyone's going nuts. The crowd's going wild. But not. To, but you've got to take it back to understand the full beauty of okay. it, which is the fact that the first half. They're getting their ass kicked by Fremantle, yeah. right? And so that must have been for your Richmond fans. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like in the grand story, in the overall arc of this season, we started so well, we were top of the ladder, yeah. and now it's half time, and it turns out we're shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and if, if Freo had gone on to win, I think we could have gone, huh, it's a little Richmondy, yeah. but it doesn't, it did not have the nuance and the delights of this Richmondy performance. Right. Like, they just, this is them fucking playing a couple of tracks off the first album in the encore. So they we just, like, they come back. They come back, they they play that brand of football that we all love. Richmond are up and about, and then suddenly there's a Richmond supporter, you're like, oh, no, no, this is Richmond. This is what we are. We're successful. We're happy. That team we were in the first half, they're gone now. We're always going to be happy in this way. Oh, my God, we're in front. 21 seconds ago. Everything bad that it is about being a Richmond supporter is now gone. The curse is broken. (laughs) 
So we've been sent some great stuff, some great info, Will, some statistical oh, oh, information nice. about Richmond will help us put this in context. So uh, this is from Tony Cork, who's a matter of stats on Twitter. Okay. Um, and he has put together a, a ranking, highest ranked teams at the end of the home and away rounds uh, from the season stretching from 1990 to 2017. So 27, how many years is that? 27 years, 27 years of data. Uh, and the way these teams are ranked, he messaged me to say it's kind of complicated, but it's having to do with like winning margins, you know, opposition, all this kind of stuff. But it's scientific data, Will. It's not fake news. This is like hard, peer-reviewed, well, I don't know if it's peer-reviewed, but it's, it's statistical evidence. So the way it, you can have a look at it, so it's a chart that basically has all the team's colours. So when your team is on a run, so for instance, when Essendon were the, you know, super team of 2000, they pretty much take up an entire row. It's just Essendon jumpers. So you'll see little flurries where teams get some kind of ascendancy. Now, every team that's come into the competition in that period of time has blocks, you know, three, uh, blocks of three or four a couple of times at least. So this, so essentially it's saying you're the most informed team yes. at that period of in that time period in that competition. Okay. Yes. So it turns out that Richmond has one week of being the form team in the competition in the space of 27 years. And that was in 1998. Oh, yeah. In round 15. <laughs> that was the only time in the last 27 years that Richmond have been the best team in the competition. Well, I mean, but that probably doesn't take into account that maybe the first five rounds of this year. Maybe they would have been if it, we were coming into this year. They well, this year, been, uh... round by round, Adelaide, Adelaide, Adelaide... GWS, Adelaide, 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 Port Adelaide. Okay, yeah, no, that does make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but that makes, but it's funny, right? Because, you know, we've been talking about Richmond as a, as a feeling. Right. But there's some hard data. It's more than a feeling. Do you want another stat? Yeah, of course. <clears throat> this is from Insight Lane at Insight Lane on Twitter. Richmond has given up the lead with the final score of the game on 11 occasions in the past decade. Mm. I mean, that seems like a lot. That's more than once a year. <laughs> I mean, that does seem like a lot. Does it, does it compare it to any other clubs in that regard, though? Like, yeah, I mean, so... Do we know if they're, like, you know, where they are on the, the AFL? I know at North the moment... Melbourne, a second. Yep. Melbourne, a third in that. Uh where are the Bulldogs? Western Bulldogs are pretty low, average. St Kilda are average, about the same as the Bulldogs. Um, and the lowest uh, GWS, Gold Coast and Frio. But that would probably be because they haven't been in that competition yeah. that long. <laughs> yeah, that might skew the, the stats a little bit. I mean, Richmond supporters, if you follow us on Facebook or Twitter, just come at us. Like, I want to know more about this experience. I've got a couple of good mates who are Richmond supporters and I know their take, but I love your club. Like, I'm glad you exist. And it's not like a kind of condescending thing, a little bit condescending, I guess. But I do love, I, I see a lot of myself in you guys. I also follow a team that is woefully unsuccessful, not in such dramatic fashion as you guys. And I also think that you, um, like you act like a Richmond supporter. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I think that's why you love them. Yeah. It's like you, you try to be a Richmond supporter as St. a St. Kilda. supporter. Yeah. And the other St. supporters look around at you like, no, that's not really how we, <laughs> like, I think, you know what Richmond are? They're the roller coaster. Yeah. You know, you love the highs, but you also love the lows with Richmond. Whereas for some, like, what are the highs? Like, 
Because I guess it's all relative, right? Yeah. I mean, they you haven't love... had really any highs. Like, they've bombed out of, like, the last three finals. No, but I mean, and... you love the fact that they're, you know, charging towards the finals. And then you also love when they go to Port Adelaide and get their ass kicked. You know, like, you love yeah. the fact that, you know, everyone from Richmond Did... gets buses over there. And then you love that it gets... You love that year that they finally finish in the eight and they get beaten by a team that finished ninth. I guess... That's what you love about Richmond. I guess, I guess in the same way that gambling is addictive that you have no control over the outcome, really. It's all left to chance, yeah. and you could feel like, you know, a great high or feel really low. That would make sense why Richmond's membership has continued to be so strong is because it's the same shot of adrenaline that it, like an, a an gambling addict must get. It's like, I have no fucking idea. The outcome, this could be the end of the world or it could be the greatest thing ever. Did you see uh, that uh, fan who sent in his uh, membership to Simon Goodwin and... Uh wrote kind of one of those, you know, yeah, you're yeah. hopeless, we're hopeless letters. Really Simon, sent, Good, Simon Goodwin. Yeah, the Melbourne coach. Oh, Melbourne coach, right. Yeah, really sent that in a uh, week too early. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those ones where I might have just held off a little on. I mean, that's hard now to tear up your membership because it's a little plastic card. Well, not as dramatic when you bring out the scissors and chop your membership. Well, they microwave them now, though. That's what you do. You and, microwave your membership. And when you're a Bulldog supporter, I'm a Saint supporter. If you and I had to tear up our membership at every woeful performance, like, fucking hell. They used to come uh, pre tour <laughs> Just for you. <laughs> just perforated? <laughs> We've already put it in the microwave for you. That's how it comes now. It's like a shrinky dink. Uh, isn't it amazing that it was David Mundy... A minute to go, only two years ago. Like that is another level of Richmondiness, right? Right. Yeah. That again, the same boogeyman. Absolutely. Same right. circumstances. Yeah, and Mundy's uh, had a kick for goal after the siren three times. Uh, kicked it twice against Richmond, missed against Geelong. That just feels Richmondy. That's so well. Richmondy. And Sam Lloyd last year, pretty much did the mirror opposite, where they beat Sydney with a kick after the siren. So Richmondy. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> like you know, I'm not trying to say we claim. Richmondy, maybe the term Richmondy, but Richmondy is for everyone. Right. And it has been for a very long time. Yeah. I, here's the thing I think that's okay. You know what I reckon it's a bit like as a Richmond fan? At least the way they support at the footy most of the time. is it's Sometimes it's a little bit like they're in memento. Yeah. Like they forget that what's actually probably going to happen. Yeah. Or they're in Groundhog Day, but they're not losing, they're not learning anything. I mean, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because they get up again so quickly. Like, even at the start of this season, because if you're a Bulldogs fan or a Saints fan and we won the first five games of the season, mm. we'd just be sitting here going, yeah, but, you know, it's like early on in the season, we haven't played anyone good this far. Yeah. Like, Richmond. Yellow and black. It's so hard for them to keep a lid on it, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. But we come straight off. Yeah. Straight away. Yeah. And I love that It's like that them. mate of yours who's always a big talker. Like, before he does a somersault off the bridge into the river, he's like, oh, fuck. And then, like, he knocks himself out, <laughs> knees himself in the face or something. Like, that's what they are. It's like, promise so much, but then the irony is what they deliver is the complete opposite, and it's much better. It's better. <laughs> it's, better than, it's better for the rest of us. You're right. I mean, what, I was thinking about, like, what makes Richmond Richmond as opposed to Melbourne being... Like, Melbourne have similar, you know, uh, attributes where they will right. get flaky and drop games that they should win and stuff, but it doesn't have the same, you know, level of drama, and I think you're right. It's the... Support. It's the it's the people who make up the fabric of that club. They just make it so much more delicious. <laughs> All right. Uh, Geelong. Uh, sorry, Gold Coast. Uh, oh, the China match. Gold Coast are taking yeah. on Port Adelaide. 
yeah. uh, in China. Yeah. At the apparently sold out match that with a lot of empty seats come to. Well, yeah, it's sold out, but they only made 70 seats available. They flew in the old seats from um, Skilled Stadium. Well, they <laughs> sold they sold 10,000 tickets yeah. or something, but they but Did uh, you watch it? I didn't uh, actually see the game. Nah, me neither. Uh, <laughs> look, has to be Nor s- did anyone in China. So <laughs> I feel to, like we're on the same page. Has to be said that like you, I don't think anyone was surprised that the Suns didn't win that. It felt like they didn't want to play. It felt like, you know, Rocket was so grumpy about going over there. If the Suns had got up, I would have been more surprised. Yeah, I agree. And they, I don't think they'll go back. No. No. But, but you know, Port Adelaide... They're, saying they're, they're committed to more, though, right? No, Port oh. Adelaide are. But like, All right. the, I think but China, the AFL I think as China well. has been successful. Yeah. I think Port Adelaide will go back with another did they? Did they... Did you read anything about, like... Ratings? Did they have people tuning in in China? Not really. I don't think. I don't think they had a broadcaster until the last minute. I don't think. I don't <laughs> so, think it was... There's just some guy on his iPhone. It was Gil <laughs> on his Samsung Galaxy. Yeah, I don't think there was a lot of heat on the ground. But yeah. it was the first time I believe that like a like a domestic you know, game had been played for points in China. It's gonna. I mean, it is groundbreaking, and I think it was successful enough that they might you know try to keep doing it. The ground was apparently. The surface and stuff was apparently really good. They'd done a good job with the, the oval. No sandstorms. No, well, very few sandstorms. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, well, we should mention Port. Like, yeah, they're good. You yeah, know, I mean, good. they could be top four easy this year. I mean, look, anything could happen this year, but they feel like they're getting it together. They seem definitely like a final side to me. Yeah. So, which look, is fine. Yeah. Because I think we all got very excited about them two years ago and maybe that they were really young when they had that breakthrough season and teams typically do sort of have a low point. Charlie Dixon is playing really well and you know, he's starting to actually make me regret in my character assassination of him. You know, I think he's just a super competitive guy. <laughs> I mean, I think there were some like, there were perhaps some things that he had to work out, but he wouldn't be the first footballer that that's the case. People get older and they start to, you know, like get better and he's always had potential like i mean he's mm. always that's why they wanted him so much and you know he, and i think that's what it, people's frustration has been with him is he always looked like one of those guys who could really do you get him and the hoff confused when, at first look because him and david Hasselhoff. yeah <laughs> when i'm watching night rider you know, when like... you know charlie Dix, charlie was uh sitting in a <laughs> sitting eating a hamburger blind drunk in a gutter. <laughs> yeah uh justin westhoff because oh, that goal, did you see the yeah. West Off goal? Yeah. Now that was a that, that was, was definitely a, a goal. goal and a fluke. <laughs> what did uh, what did what did um, what did Bruce call it? The surprise and Shanghai special. <laughs> and Danny Frawley saw that and was like, "Oh, I'm going to run with that." <laughs> oh, how come I can't do my uh, Chinese uh, my- joke <laughs> when you're, when Charlie's doing his French thing? <laughs> They're the same. Uh, all right, uh, and the final game of the round, North Melbourne, uh, Sydney. Yeah, fuck, how disappointing with North. I mean, should have made sense. I tipped them. What an idiot. You tipped them too, yeah, I, I think. Uh, no Jared Waite. Um, just... No Waite, no North. Yeah, it's weird. They were so good the previous week against the latter leaders, and then, I don't know. The... You know what it was, Will? I went into the change rooms before the game, <laughs> uh-huh. and you know what I didn't see what? in the rooms? What? No shin bone and spirit will. Couldn't smell it? No, I couldn't smell it anywhere. Not so I went back home. I went to the bathtub. I put in the special secret ingredients. I stirred it about. I stuck in my finger. I gave it a taste. I said, that's some good shin bone and spirit. And you know what I've done, Will? I've put it in a little package. I've sent it to Arden Street. 
And I said, boys, before the game this week, just crack it open and have a little whiff of Shinmona spirit. R.I.P. Crackers Keenan. Um, is he still alive? He is. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, who, who knows? Know? <laughs> we might all be dead. <laughs> but um, uh, we've been getting a bit of heat about uh, not uh, mentioning Sydney very much, apparently. Well, fucking, I mean, good with good reason. You yeah. guys haven't done that much this year. It hasn't been much to mention, but they, they are looking normal. Well, you know what the difference is? Hanabry's back. Parker's yeah. back. You know, that's a huge difference. I mean, it, it stunned me that those players would drop off so quickly. Well, the other thing was, we weren't ever really saying that they, those players weren't good. We were just saying that they were, those playing good players well. weren't playing well. Yeah, exactly. But, well, I don't know. People feel like they're retiring Kieran Jack, and I'm surprised about that. I mean, he was a co-captain, like, very recently, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I started to kind of buy into people talking about that as well, and I was like... But he's still young enough that you think, no, 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 he could definitely, like, you know. And he's a good player still. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, they've had a lot of injuries and they're getting players back. And what are they, two and two and six? Yeah. I mean, it'd be a long way to the finals from here. But it, I I don't think it's going to be a year like last year where you need 15 or 16 wins to finish in seventh. Like, no. I think that's going to be a lot closer. <laughs> yeah. 12 wins will get you in. So, you know. I mean, that's still a lot of wins they have to... Like, you can't afford to drop too many games on the way home for Sydney, but... Yeah, well, they can drop one more this week, and then after that, they can start winning again. I think they've got the Bulldogs in a couple of weeks, so <laughs> okay. can we have that one as well? <laughs> <laughs> should we look at next week's game? Yes, we should, we should, and then we should finish up. Um, all right, so uh, Geelong taking on the Western Bulldogs at Simmons Stadium, the reopening of Simmons Stadium. They've yep. added in uh, another 80 seats. Let's have another go at this. Um, uh, so the first game of the round, Simmons Stadium, uh, the newly redeveloped Simmons Stadium, uh, the relaunch, Geelong. Yeah, the uh, Pods Yadley stand is open, I believe. Yeah, the, I mean the, pod, the big Pods stand. The big stand. Pod stand. Super Pod, I believe they're calling it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a tough game for the Bulldogs. Geelong have been a bit of a bogey team for us. Hard, hard for us to beat Geelong, and I think this is a tough week to get Geelong. You know, they've, they're mm. going to be pretty fired up. But we... If we're serious about playing finals... You've had two losses in a row, right? It's uh, Hang on, you hang lost on. to GWS then West Coast? Did you have was there anything there? in between? No, I don't know. I Maybe we have, yeah. No, I think there was something in Keep between. Keep talking, I'll look it up. But um, it might be like loss, win, loss, I think. Right. Oh, uh, yeah, we beat Richmond. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, we need to win this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and we've got a few players coming back in. Just bring, give whoever's playing on Danger, give them a, just a knitting needle, just to punch a, the sumo suit. It looks like, uh, it looks like, uh, Roughhead might be back this week, which obviously is going to give us a little bit more flexibility in the middle as well. Look, I, I'm not, I, I, I'm going to go for the Bulldogs, but, um, you know, Geelong are a tough team for us, I will say that. I'm not worried as worried about the Bulldogs as you seem to be. You see, with every passing week, you seem to get less and less oh, confident. I am. I reckon you guys are doing just... Uh, this week, I was doing the maths on it. I was like, oh, we could actually miss the finals. And that would be then... You that are would an be idiot. The Shut up. You're not going to miss the finals. Like, it'd have to, I mean, the catastrophe's already happened to you guys and you won the grand finals. So... I know. I can't but... see you missing. You win the games you're meant to win and the losses you've had are all like, oh yeah, I can see that happening. I mean, if you'd lost to like a Brisbane or a North... I know, but the problem is, Charlie, I can look at every game and come up with a reason, reason why, why we could lose. 
It's very easy for me. It's just it has surprised me how quickly this the has sheen. gone back to be my natural state of looking oh at football. My God, it's like chasing the dragon, isn't it? Oh, that man. first high is the never, best. Yeah. You'll be constantly chasing that. Now I need just need to get a little, just a little bit more better. <laughs> Come on, you know I'm good for it. Just a little taste, Bevo. Oh, I'm really a Jonesin for it. I, I, what, I, Liam I, Jones doesn't even play for us anymore. I, yeah, I mean, I know I told you last year that this would be enough forever, but it turns out it wasn't. <laughs> I need more. Or just for people to stop playing football. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever comes first. Uh, all right. Uh, St Kilda take on Sydney at Etihad. Good game, this one. I yeah, I think so. Resurgent Sydney 20. now, you know, back in a bit of form. If we were to drop our game, I think this could be it. It just sort of feels like we've been up for a while now. Bit of a, a week in the news. Week in the news. It's going to test the plays. Um but I just reckon we've had, you know, we've had travel, a big win over a top two team, and then just go to the line against a, a lower ranked team. So I'm going to pick the Saints, um, but it wouldn't surprise me if we lost this one. Yeah, I, I can see that. Like, you know, Sydney need to win, you know, every game now if they're going to make a serious charge towards it. Um, I, I just like to think that St Kilda are a good team this year. Mm. And if they're a good team this year, like, this then they should win this game. And, and to be they're honest... very hard to beat it at had St Kilda. And last year, like, it was one of the best games of the year up until three-quarter time, or maybe half-time, I can't remember what it was. But it was, like, quick and it was fast, and we were matching it with them, and then they just... Their amazing midfield blew us out of the water. I would say our midfield's improved this year, and theirs has gone backwards. So, who knows? Interesting yeah. game. And Interesting got... game, but I'm going to say St Kilda as well. Okay. Uh, then we got GWS taking on Richmond at Spotless. They'll win this, won't they? They're fucking <laughs> going to win. And it's certainly Richmond like... will win this game, and that's my <laughs> luck of the week. Of course they're going to fucking win. I mean, it'd be a very Richmondy thing to do. GWS also are down, you know, on talent. You know, yeah. they've got a few injuries and stuff. Right for the picking. GWS. I think GWS are going to win, but it would not surprise me if Richmond were Richmondy enough to do it. Uh, Brisbane Lions taking uh, Brisbane Lions taking on Adelaide at the Gabba, but I don't know if this is good news for the Lions. Now, Adelaide will have a point to prove, and even though it's at home for we the Lions. We said that about Melbourne as well, but I guess it is Brisbane. Yeah, I'm going to pick uh, Adelaide for that. Yep. Uh, Collingwood taking on the Hawks at the MCG in a game that's a bit hard to pick, I would have thought. Yeah, they're both kind of... Well, Hawthorne are sort of had a better run, but they're sort of both having middling seasons. I don't know. It's a hard one to pick. Um, where's the backs against the wall for them on this? Well, I would they're say... leaning against the fence, kind of. Yeah, I would really... say backs not fully against the wall, but it's still pretty against the wall. I think from here on in, backs are pretty much Back against the wall. Back into a corner, not yet against a wall. Yeah, they're certainly in a corner. Yeah. And I reckon the Hawks without Cyril. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, I'm going to pick the pies. Yeah, Collingwood for me too. Uh, Essendon taking on the West... Ah, oh, here we go. This will be interesting to see who you pick in this game because uh, you clearly do not think the West Coast Eagles are any good. Essendon at Eddie Head Stadium take on the West Coast Eagles. At Eddie Head. Yeah. Hmm. Essendon. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Bombers because I don't think West Coast are any good. Uh, I'm going to pick West Coast. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pick West Coast. Uh, Sunday, a Melbourne take on, oh, I don't know, is Essendon, is Essendon going to beat West Coast? Uh, look, I'm not saying that with a lot of confidence. West Coast, but I, no, I I'm going to say West Coast. I need, I need to, for I'm, the sake of us having some different tips, okay. I'm going to say West Coast. Right. Uh, Melbourne, uh, take on North Melbourne at the MCG. Now, traditionally. Is Jared Wait back for this? Yeah. 
Oh, you White's know what, back. You know what he's going to be bringing to the ground, don't you, Will? <laughs> he's got a little vial around his neck. He unscrews it. He puts a little dab behind the ears. Takes a whiff. Is that is is there a possibility that that's the problem that they when Jared White came to the club they put him in charge of the shit by yeah, the spirit and it. so well no because he's it never there yeah. he's, he's out so on the weeks he's not there they can't access that Jared's keeping the shit by the spirit at home uh, if Jared White's back yeah White's could, back and this is a typical game that Melbourne, Melbourne would lose would lose so mm. is this the old Melbourne or the new Melbourne we're going to find so out at this MCG weekend. did you say at the MCG. I don't know. Who plays better at the MCG? Do Melbourne play well at the MCG? I don't even know. I mean, it's hard to be, tell for a while where Melbourne played well anywhere, but they didn't win any games that Eddie had, so I'm going to say they must have played some good games at the MCG. I'm going to pick North. I'm going to say Melbourne in a toss of a coin. I, do you but... know what? As we're doing these tips, I feel like you've had better tips than me. Like, I feel... I, yeah, we'll see what happens this round, but I well, feel like... How... Look, let's be honest. You can look at the chart of our tips against each other, but they're not good. They're like we're like, oh, we came and tied this week, three each. <laughs> you know, like neither of us are good. The great news is, even when we tip different teams, we manage to pick the ones that will. Like we still manage in our own tips to pick enough that neither of us are good at tipping still. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, so yeah, I said Melbourne. You said North Melbourne. Uh, Fremantle Carlton at Domain Stadium. Uh, Fremantle for me, but Carlton oh, yeah. have been very competitive. No, Fremantle, Fremantle at home, and uh, oh, and, there's, and uh, Port Adelaide and the Gold Coast have buys. So that's yeah. it for the. Well, buy round officially starts next round, isn't it? Yeah, but they've got uh, they've got a buy this round. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. Well, who are you picking, in, of the who are you picking in that? Because <laughs> of the Gold Coast. I think, that, I think Gold Coast will probably lose the buy as well. <laughs> Paul Adelaide will get the points of the buy. Hey, we have a new Facebook page. Yeah. Two Guys, One Cup. Be careful putting that in. Uh, someone sent me a link. There is another Two Guys, One Cup where they separate guys and two. It's a pretty different website. <laughs> so we have to, is it two? Two guys, one cup. But all like, together. Yeah, yeah. All, all written no, together. No, 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 not all, no, space between it. Just no comma in between the two guys and the one cup. Oh, okay. No comma. Yeah. Just no commas. Yeah. All right. Two guys, one cup. <laughs> AFL. Just type in two guys, one cup, <laughs> AFL. We didn't create the other site. Don't get no. mad at us. Yeah, it's not us. Uh, and we had never heard of the thing that it was before we named our podcast. Yeah, that's right. Uh, anything else that we need to talk about? Uh, well, we have a Patreon page, so oh, yeah. if you like this podcast, um, we do a couple of other podcasts, TOEFOP, uh, You Do Philosophy, and sometimes FOFOP, which is like TOEFOP with guest comedians. Um, so check those podcasts out if you like this one. And if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon page uh, where you can go and um, subscribe, whatever amount you, you, you're comfortable with, from a dollar up to... $1.7 million. That's the cap. In the first year. <laughs> Front-loaded. Front-loaded. Um, but that's just a way that we pay, like, Mike Hal to produce the show for us, um, uh, uh, other stuff that we live shows, things like that. Um, and, you know, the more support we can get, the more content we can give you. And we do have stuff coming up. Um, that we want to do. We've got some stuff in the pipeline. We've got some stuff in the pipeline. Um, that, you know, we're, we're going to try and plans. put more stuff out there. I've got to say, like, when we decided to do this podcast a couple of years ago, I didn't anticipate I would enjoy it as much as I do. Like, I genuinely get very excited about coming and talking about football once a week because there's not a lot of opportunity living in New South Wales in my normal life where I can do this. Yeah, we've really got to find out a way to, like, you know, get a little bit of money so that we can do this more often. <laughs> So that I can, inf- so I can bloody pay someone, Charlie, to let in the people to my house, <laughs> yeah. so that we have an uninterrupted answering podcast. your own door like a bloody. <laughs> 
Povo. I bet Jared Waitley's not answering his own door, right? Uh, play on, not 15. Ball. We are two guys, one car. 